Thanks for tuning in to the A Champion's Mind podcast. I'm your host, Mario Ariave. Today we'll pick up and give part two of the interview with Christopher Blevins, who is currently riding for the Action Hagens Berman team on the road, and he rides for the specialized team in mountain biking. He's a professional cyclist. He's currently enrolled in college in San Luis Obispo over at the University of California, Cal Poly. And uh, we just had a great conversation in part number one and just dove a little bit into the mindset and some of the stuff that Chris is up to. And so we'll just pick up right where we left off. And here goes part two. Talk to us a little bit about adversity, Chris, along your journey. Have you had to deal with some of that? And if you have, how did you handle it? Yeah, I, I definitely have. Big moment was when I was 10 BMXing. I had a crash that basically led to fracturing my skull and permanent deafness in my left ear. So that was big for a 10-year-old to have an accident like that. And uh, I was off the bike for at least a month. It was thankfully in the summer, so I didn't have to miss any school. But it was definitely scary. And my parents were very scared. I was scared. But I, I went back to the bike, and I didn't question that I still wanted to keep riding. So that was a meaningful year for me because I had a big accident um, in the summer. And then right before the World Championships for BMX, I, I broke my wrist. So I had a lot of struggles that year. And then I came back and um, just in time, and I won the national championship. So that was big from a young age to go through a tough year. and You know, not something a 10-year-old should have to go to, but I did learn from it. Recently, last season, I uh, had some struggles. I basically led up to... Malbec World Championships, and there was a lot of training and preparation that went into it. And the gun went off, and first pedal stroke, I break my chain. <laughs> so I went into the pit and, you know, watched everybody go, and I was five minutes back. And then I basically rode my heart out, and hardest I've ever worked, possibly, and came across the finish line in 40th. But I really left it all out there. So I was really proud of that moment, maybe more proud than if I would have been fighting for a top 10, because I think I. You know, I reverted back to that, like, instinct of just leaving it all out there. And, yeah, just just little things throughout it. There's always times when it's hard to get on the bike, when you want to be doing something else, when you're, you know, training or racing in the bad weather. And you got to, I guess, keep things in perspective and keep looking ahead towards, you know, all the good in the sport. And, you know, never forget the feeling of what the sport means to you and all the fun you have in it. So, yeah, that's all. So wait a minute, Chris, because I want to make sure that those listening to this grasp this. Are you trying to tell me that what you do, wait a minute, you live, you're living in California now, you've got your real home with your folks back in Durango, so you've got the best mountain biking in the country mm -hmm. in Durango, and then you've got really awesome road riding where the weather's always great in California. Yeah. Do you mean to tell me that what you do just riding your bike all the time, it's not always fun? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the regimen of it and the schedule, you know, does wear on you sometimes when you're, you know, especially now in college, there's been times when it's actually rained a lot in Central California this winter. And there's been times when, you know, it's at Friday after classes and I have like a four, four and a half hour ride and, you know, I just want to watch a movie or something. And, you know, it's raining and then I <laughs> end up getting a flat on the road. So it's definitely, you know, cycling is an unforgiving sport. It really is. And it's 
brutally honest. There's times in races when things just don't line up. When you put in all the feel like you deserve to be at the top or be fighting for that top spot, but things just don't work out. And I think that's amazing in this sport, but it's also really difficult. And it is unforgiving. You know, people can work their whole life to be the best cyclist they can be, but never really, you know, go across obstacles that inhibit them from reaching that. So, yeah, I, cycling. It's not this easy ride, so to speak. There are there are bumps on the road you got to go across. So, I just wanted to make sure that we got that out there because here you have a young man who's won several national championships and now he's on the premier development team in the world, and he's telling you he lives in California where it's usually always sunny. It's been raining a lot, but okay. I mean, you know, you take some of that. And he lives with access to the best mountain bike trails in the country, and yet he's telling us that sometimes it's a grind for him. What is the message there? The message is you got to work really hard, even when you don't want to work hard. I I was talking to somebody the other day. If you only ride outside when you're going to have a tailwind the entire time, you'll probably never ride outside because that's never going to happen. So embracing – I was talking to somebody the other day, embracing the suck – is the way that he put it, which is really, really bluntly. I believe that that's the way that you get to be successful in whatever it is that you do. You're not going to always like every moment. But at the same time that I say that, knowing Chris personally, he's got a very lighthearted attitude, and he has a ton of fun a lot of the time. So, no, it's not fun sometimes, but it's a lot of fun a lot of the times. And you've got to be able to take both of those, and you've got to be able to put both of those in perspective. So I love that. And Chris has mentioned a couple times here, bigger picture. Bigger picture is absolutely huge. You zoom out the camera lens and go, okay, what's the perspective here? It's riding my bike. Okay, well, I can be grateful for riding my bike because it's such a wonderful sport and so on and so forth. And if you can do that and if you can show an attitude of gratitude, then it will be very, very hard for you to be in a bad mood and to be negative. So, yeah, Chris, I wanted to ask one more thing about some of the stuff that you had to endure when you were 10 with fracturing your skull and the loss of the hearing and stuff like that. Here's my question. Do you look at what happened to you differently now than you did when it was actually happening and you were going through that? Yeah, I think so. Now I, I've i adjusted and I don't notice the fact that I can't hear in my left ear. And I just look at it as, you know, really an unfortunate accident that, you know, wasn't supposed to happen, but really did not impact me that much. You know, I know there's people that have struggles that are much worse and maybe it's it's a persisting problem. You know, mine, I was able to get over it without any long term effects other than the hearing. But, you know, you don't need your left ear to pedal a bike. So I think, you know, it was obviously awful to happen, but. I've kind of realized now it's, you know, bad stuff happens and you just got to move on from it and be the best you can be. So, Were there some things that you learned and that you kind of grew from that that possibly you wouldn't necessarily have at your disposal or you wouldn't have learned had this set of circumstances actually not happened to you? Yeah, I think so. And, and really all of the adversity that I've encountered on a bike or, you know, in the bike world has applied, I've learned from that to apply to other aspects of life. I think, you know, the grit that you try to develop in cycling, the grit that it makes you develop is really important for all aspects of life when, you know, things get tough and 
you are trained to be mentally adept at like pushing yourself through that tough ride or, you know, getting over a bad injury, having gone through that really sets you up to be successful in all, in all facets, I think. Yeah, Chris, let's talk about the mental approach or the mindset. What do you feel that a good mindset or a poor mindset, what do you feel that that plays or what role do you feel that it plays in performance? I mean, I'm, I'm a huge believer that the mental side of things is half the battle or more. So I think it does have a you know huge impact on performance. I think being negative in the sport is common in, you know, people can fixate on, you know, the bad things or stuff that's going wrong. When you do fixate on things like that, they're just going to keep happening. So really keeping positive, but not positive enough to be satisfied. You know, you always got to be hungry for for improvement. Yeah, mentally, you know, just approaching everything with the right attitude is, is huge. And there's a lot to work on there. There's a lot you can develop, and it's really never something anybody has mastered completely. So. Wow, there was a lot of good stuff that you said in there. I'm going to say one of them. You said to be positive, but not to be positive to the point that you're satisfied. I love that. And then you back that up with your last statement that you just made there, which was, I think there's a lot of work to be done with the mindset, and I don't think that anybody's fully mastered that. In other words, what you're alluding to there is the fact that having a good mindset is always a work in progress. And as you and I both know, all it takes is a Friday afternoon and a little bit of rain after school, and our mindset will begin to shift towards being negative versus maybe it being sunny and being a Saturday morning, right? So the mindset's always something that needs to be tweaked. It's always something that needs to be paid attention to because I think you're absolutely right. There are way too many opportunities where our mindset can begin to revert to the negative side, and it can be absolutely detrimental to performance. So I agree with you on that point. And obviously that's trying to shine more light and awareness on here, you know, with the podcast and with the business. But Chris, what about, have you reached a point or did you ever reach a point where you felt like the ascension to the pro ranks and taking it as far as you wanted to go, like that was something that you felt was no longer maybe within your grasp and or within your reach and you doubted yourself? I think I've never truly doubted my ability. I, I really think I've always had, you know, confidence in myself, and that's important. You know, you don't want to start thinking that you can't do something because then other people start to believe it. So, no, I've never really questioned something that I can do. And obviously, I know it's difficult. Obviously, there's no guarantees, but I know I will always believe that I have the ability to do it and the tools to get there. So, definitely on the road side of things, the process to world tour and all the sacrifices that go into that and making it your life. There's times I definitely question that. And if it's something I want to do, if it's something I can do with kind of devoting, you know, 110% of time and energy into it. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely times you question that that's the natural, but I've always had the sense that I know I can do it and I've never questioned my confidence. And I think that's important. So would you say that there's a difference between wanting to and can do? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, if you, you know, work as hard as you can, but maybe you don't have quite the natural talent in this sport, you know, maybe it's true that you can't make it. But when you start believing that, it's over. So natural talent and genetics does play a huge part in cycling and all 
sports, but you know, you, you never want to believe that you can't do something. It's in wanting is, is a different side of things as well. Yeah, I think so. When I was around Chris and, and I've been around a lot of young cyclists and many of them start out and when they start riding, they see on TV, they see the pros and they want to be like the pros and that, and that's great. And I love it and I love to see the enthusiasm and I love to see the way that they, that young people especially just are so enthusiastic and tack their goals and their ambitions with just like 120 miles an hour with no caution being thrown to the wind, and it's fantastic. But I have seen many times where the can and the want are, become a fork in the road, and they continue to try and walk along this path of maybe being the full-bodied professional, but at some point I feel like the want begins to, to fall off by the wayside. And without the want, you can forget about the can. Mm-hmm. That's my personal belief. And so... I think there's a difference there. The person has to want. So, for example, like Chris, he's got to want to be world tour. If he doesn't want to be world tour, then we can forget about the can because all of a sudden what goes with the want is going to be the nutrition. It's going to be the recovery. It's going to be the staying to the schedule. It's going to be the doing the four and a half hour ride when it's raining outside. Mm -hmm. Instead, he'll watch the movie Mm -hmm. because he really doesn't want to be world tour. And I think that there's a huge distinction there. I think a lot of folks, they say, well, you know, I can't. I just can't. You know, I can't. I don't have the ability. I just can't. It's just not for me. And a lot of times what I ask is, well, let me ask you this. I mean, do you really want that? You know, you've started not doing your workouts as well as you could. You've started not giving 100%. Like, those are signs of the fact that I think you... Here's here's what I think. I think you just maybe don't want that, and that's okay. That's fine to come to that decision and go do something else and go find your passion. If that's not it anymore, that's okay. So I like that you bring that up because I think that's a huge misconception. I think a lot of folks, they take something on and they leave bruised and battered with their tail between their legs thinking that they can't or that they couldn't do whatever it was that they set out to do. And it was never a can't or a couldn't. It was always an issue of, you know what, your heart just wasn't in it. You just didn't want it, and that's okay, and there's no problem with that. So continue to search, go get on another journey, and hopefully that's the one that you really truly desire and throw your entire heart into, and you'd be amazed at the fact that you've had the ability to do that all along. So, yeah, I think that's a fantastic point. In terms of your cycling career... Would you say that it's been a steady rise? Would you say that it's had, that it's been more of like a seesaw with some ups and downs? Like, how would you categorize your cycling career up to this point? A little bit of both, I'd say. It was definitely a slow transition to get me where I am now from disciplines and switching over to the endurance side of things. And I'd say in general, it has been kind of a, a rise. There, There isn't like a single year I can point out that really seesawed and I went dip down and there's not really a single year I feel like stood out from the rest as far as performances. So I feel lucky to kind of have it be gradual and in general it's been a smooth ride, but there are obviously little ups and downs that go into that. And it's different for everybody. There's people I know who, you know, maybe drift away from the sport for a year or two and then came back and a couple years later had like the year of their life and um, everybody's Travel is different to get to where they are. So I love that you just said that because I did a Facebook video the other day talking about the fact that everybody's journey is different. And for us to sit, and for those of you listening, if you 
don't get this from the podcast. I want to know everything that Chris has done so that I can do everything that Chris has done. And if I do everything that Chris does, then I'll be Chris. No, you won't. Your journey is going to look different than his. I mean, if we start going through the differences, we can start here. He's got different parents than you. That means right there, right off the bat, y'all are very much so different. He was raised differently, so on and so forth. So I think that's a great point that you make, Chris. Like, everybody's journey is going to be different. We may have the same destination, and that's fine. A lot of people want to be in the world tour. A lot of people want to go to the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, and that's great. So our destination is common, but the way that Chris is going to get there versus somebody else is going to look a little bit different, and I think that's okay. I think that's a huge misnomer as well in our culture. Everybody wants to think that if I just go out and if I just copy what LeBron James does, then I'll be LeBron James. And I don't believe in that because there are certain things that are individual to the way LeBron James thinks, where he came from, his experiences, his circumstances that are going to make you different than LeBron James. For example, you know, with Chris at 10 years old, fractured skull and now loss of hearing. If you haven't gone through that personally, then your journey is going to look different than his looks. So But I think the destination, having the same destination, I think is great. This is where I always throw that learning and growing terms out there because I really fully believe that if you want to go for this and if you want to put anything that you put all of your effort into, I fully believe you've got to study it as if you were in school. So there's not a manual on it, but you read and you look at people and you look at yourself and you're constantly asking yourself hard questions and you're doing all these things just to try and get the most out of yourself and to figure out that path and that journey as best you can. So, yeah, Chris, let's talk about some racing here. Can you take us to a race day where you felt like nothing could go wrong, everything is working, legs were fantastic? Do you have a day like that that you can take us to, and can you describe it for us? Yeah, I'll mention, I guess, my win last season at Alpstadt World Cup in Germany. It was the biggest mountain bike race I've done other than Worlds the previous year. It was basically, I say World Cup because it was at the World Cup venue, but this year they, they stripped the title of World Cup for juniors, so it was a World Series event, but it was the highest level of competition and points that, I, that other than World Championships for us. So I, was, I had a good call-up because I had good points, so I was on the front row at the start, and it was a great course for me. It was the last race of the Europe trip I had. So I had a lot of racing in my legs and thankfully my form was really good because of that. And I was pretty calm for that race. Mountain bike starts are pretty hectic. The gun goes off and you're sprinting for the single track, but I was pretty calm. And the first start loop, I was in top five in good position. And then the start of the climb, the next lap, I think we did six from then on. I took off and I basically soloed, I soloed the entire thing. I was probably 20, 30 seconds off the rest of the guys from the start. So I kind of just had a lot of trust in my training, a lot of trust in how I felt. And from the start, I kind of banked on that. And thankfully, my legs held out. Awesome. Let's go to the little bit uglier side. And this is just a yes, no question, because we're not going to spend time being negative here. But have you had days where you felt nothing went right and the legs weren't good? And things were just falling apart all over the place? Definitely, yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll leave that one there. So last question kind of tied to this. Would you say, though, that most days are not the 
highest of highs, like the race you just described for us, or the lowest of lows, like the days where nothing goes right, would you say that most days fall in the middle where you just kind of got to work with what you've got on that particular day? Yeah, definitely. I think having a routine, having the same approach to each race kind of sets you in good position to kind of balance any discrepancy in how you're feeling. But definitely, yeah, you're never going to feel 100% and never, rarely everything goes right and hopefully rarely everything goes poorly. So, yeah, I think having a good routine when things are in the middle and you're balancing other stuff is important. And I think this is where mindset comes in and plays a critical factor because when you've got these days in the middle – and you've got to make something of nothing sometimes or make something of very little. I firmly believe that's where the mindset comes in. And that's where you can turn a day that the legs were saying, uh, we'll be okay today into a day where you possibly win and score a result. Or you could have days where you feel a little bit better than average. And if you come in with the wrong mindset, I believe that the result would not show what your legs felt like on that day. So you know, for me, the majority of race days and competition days, they really are a product of what does the person bring into the table in terms of their mindset? Well, are they able to work with a busted chain five seconds into the race where they've got to go to the pit? Now they're five minutes down. Can you work with that? Because sure, like Chris was saying here, you know, we end up 40th and that doesn't look very appealing to anybody looking at the results, but you see nobody, most people don't know the entirety of the story. He was five minutes down and rode himself back into the field to get 40th. As he said, that's a ride that he can be really, really happy with. But the mindset is what allowed him to do something like that. So great point there. Chris, what would you say is the hardest thing about being a pro cyclist? I think, like I said earlier, the routine and kind of the unforgiving nature of it, you know? So all the hours on the bike and little things off the bike that help you get there definitely wear on you at times. And it's, it's a mentality thing. It's a routine thing getting in that process, but there are days when it's just too hard and <laughs> you just simply don't have the legs for it and keeping positive throughout that's important. But yeah, cycling is unforgiving. Like I said, it's not like a game sport like basketball where you can make up for it by if your shootings off. You can make up for it by, you know, being a better floor general and passing better. You can't really do that in cycling. <laughs> so that's a hard part, but it's also the special part of the sport. Yeah, great point. What about your favorite thing about being a pro cyclist? <laughs> Riding my bike, I'd say, and all of the people I've met and all of the places I've traveled. So lucky to be able, I think I've been to like 15 countries at, by the age of 18, and that's so cool for me, just, you know, seeing other people at college. And, you know, I've had this really great experience that's a lot different than what most college students have and being able to travel, you know, with bipedaling two wheels fast, you know, so that's important to me and all the people I've met from all over. It's really an incredible blend of all of that. So, yeah. Are there any words of advice that you would like to, in addition to anything that you've said that you'd like to give to anybody listening to this podcast? Sure. Like I said before, establish a good support system. You don't need to do it all by yourself. You don't need to always be strong. You can fall back on people and listen to others. Remember to have fun. Like you said, that want part is huge. And I really like that, everything you said about that. Be smart enough to figure out what you want and why you want it. And don't let that get confused with 
you know, the daily process. You know, you got to enjoy being on your bike and you really do have to want it. And just keep patient and keep working. Be the best you can be every day. And hopefully that will translate to results. I love it. Are there any... So this is your time here to have your space to go ahead and thank any folks, uh, sponsors, just any individuals. Go ahead. This is your time to do that, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, I, I could talk more, but I want to thank the opportunities I have with Action Hoggins Berman and Specialized. Really fortunate to have two programs that are supportive of you know my different interests and my uh, desire to kind of balance everything I have. So Action has been a phenomenal program, and I'm really excited for hopefully four years with the team moving forward. I want to thank my parents, my sister, and basically everybody that's gotten here. And thank you, Mario, for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for being on. Chris, where can people go to find out more about you, about your team, just to follow you? You haven't started racing yet, but you will here soon. So this will give some folks some time to jump on some of these social media platforms and websites and be able to follow you and your teammates along your journey. Yeah, actionhogginsberman.com. We just unveiled the new website for 2017. There's a lot of information on each rider, everything that we've got going on. The team just crushed the first race over in Europe against some world tour guys. So that's really exciting to get the season rolling. So check that website out. They also have Instagram and Facebook. That's pronounced, it's spelled A-X-E-O-N and then Hoggins Berman. Personally, I have a Facebook both an athlete page or you can friend me on my personal page. My Instagram is Christopher Blevins, and uh, yeah, Facebook's Christopher Blevins. Um, I'll mention quite a, a tangent to everything I've said. You mentioned about having an outlet, a form of expression that's different than biking. And I'm hugely passionate about spoken word poetry and rap music. And um, I've spent a lot of time in the past few months writing, working on new poems and songs and um, I've been actually recording full-length nine-song slash poem album in a local studio. So <laughs> on March 14th, you can check out my album called Mile Markers. It'll be at milemarkersproject.com. And uh, <laughs> if you want to get an insight on a side of me that really doesn't show up as much in cycling, but it's something I'm just as passionate about. So I'll mention that. <laughs> Man, awesome. I didn't know that, Chris. I didn't know you were working on that. I'm going to have to go check that out. That sounds really, really cool. So, <laughs> man, Chris, you know, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I called in a favor here, and I said, Chris, come on, be on here, because I know the young man, and I know what he's done, and he's an unbelievable bike rider, but the big takeaway that I want you guys to get if you're listening to this podcast is, well, he likes spoken word. He likes rap. He also likes to ride his bike. He's also in college. He's also been 10 years old at some point. He also used to ride BMX bikes. He's also got a supportive dad. Like, Chris is normal. He's a normal young man, just like you and I, or if you're a female, young woman, right? And so don't get starstruck by the people that are brought onto this podcast. Yes, they've accomplished things. And yes, I want us to talk about those things but I don't want us to fixate on them because I believe in those of you that are listening and I believe in your ability if you want to do these kinds of things. I believe that you can. Now, if your want lies in doing something else like writing a book, I still believe that some of the things Chris said applies here. For example, maybe writing every single day is not the funnest thing to ever do, but you've got to do it sometimes even when you don't want to because you want to publish a book. 
So, Chris, thank you so much for your time. I, I know that people will be, you know, blessed by some of the stuff that you've been able to give us. And follow them, guys. We're excited for you and your road season, Chris, and all the stuff you're doing on the mountain bike as well. So thanks so much once again. Yeah, thank you. And if anybody, you know, wants to get in touch or has any questions or just wants to chat, you can message me on Facebook or whatever. And, yeah, really appreciate it, Mario. Have fun. Chris, you're the man. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for listening to the A Champion's Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, then I would recommend you jump on over to iTunes and search A Champion's Mind where you would find previous back episodes, some standalone episodes where it's just me maybe breaking down some mindset principle and talking through a topic with you guys. Or there's also other interviews that are up that I think you would garner some great wisdom and knowledge and insight from. In addition, I've got two series that I did. So a series of several podcasts that I released on subsequent days that went through some neat things. So go ahead and jump on over there and check some of that stuff out. If you don't want to miss any future episodes that are coming, then I would suggest that you subscribe to the podcast. In addition, I've got a YouTube channel and a Facebook page that's got some free content on it that I think you would enjoy. Both of those go by the same name, Utmost Performance. Last but certainly not least, if you want your big stop where you can grab all of this content and see where it's all coming from, I suggest you hop on over to the website, utmostperformance.info. In addition to all that I've just mentioned that would be on there, you've also got a way to contact me if you would like to see how possibly a partnership with me would work out between you and I and how I can help you to work through some mindset principles that would allow you to perform at a higher level. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day.